So let's look at the Christmas story. It's an amazing story. And I know sometimes, have you ever, you know, in college or in, actually in public school or wherever you went to school, you may have learned something on one level and you, you kept learning, you kept learning. And uh, when you were later on in, in life, you realized, oh, I only knew it in an elementary form. And then you continued to learn. Uh, I didn't realize maybe at the time, obviously at the time, when I was in uh, in kindergarten and, and then, of course, in first grade, I did not realize that learning was a building process, that, that there were building blocks. You know, the first grade was, or the kinder was getting you ready for first grade. First grade was getting you ready for second grade. And you weren't supposed to throw away the things you learned in kinder, first grade, and second grade. When you got to the third grade, you were building. And I would like for all of us to understand that we are building. God is building something with us. Even when we hear maybe the same words, there is uh, there a deeper depth of those same words. And sometimes we'll just throw things off because we go, oh, I've heard that before. But when you listen, you go, I haven't heard that before. Same words, but a deeper depth. And I would like for us to go deeper in Christ and not just stay in the kiddie pool saying, look, Mommy, look, Daddy, I'm swimming. And you're, you're in, in ankle-deep water or knee-deep water. I, I want us to go deeper in the Lord. And this Christmas day, 2022, is a wonderful day for us. I, I want to share the Christmas story with you, and I will mostly just read it. And I titled this message, Christ is Born. Somebody may, may go, wow, Christ is born. Well, what is that? That's huge. That God became a man is huge. That God became like us. Now, if you're impressed with us, you are different than I am. Because I've lived long enough to know that all of us are messed up. We're just messed up in different ways. When you see somebody, maybe you're in close proximity to that person. Now, I know being born again puts you in another category. So I'll get to that in a minute. Puts you in another category. Nevertheless, there are still some things that God's working out in our lives. And if, if you find that there's somebody who is being a particular way and you think, I can't stand that, you're somebody that somebody can't stand. Because we, we have these na this natural tendencies and natural ways. And so God became like us, not in our nastiness and our, in our sinful ways, but he became like us in our humanity so that he could rescue us from our prisons, so he could rescue us from our proclivities, th those inclinations. Some of us have, like, as it were, like unbreakable uh, inclinations, but Jesus in you is called the hope of glory. And so with Christ in you being the hope of glory can break you from even those habits that you have learned and you have received, but Peter says, by tradition from your fathers. Didn't say mothers, but no, <laughs> I better not go there. I better not go there, right? But he says that. So let's look at the Christmas story and look at the fact that Jesus came to save us. Now, we know he came to save us from our sins. We know that. And, there, and thus, he came to save us from the, the power of the devil. We know that. 
and he came to save us from hell. We know that, but how many of us know he came to save us from ourselves? And so that's this, what this story is about. It's a deep story that God, now when you think of God, you think of someone who has never sinned. He's not even tempted by it. He's there. There's nothing sinful that God thinks, ooh, I'd like to do. But there's something like that, that with us. And God is not even tempted by it. He's totally holy, totally pure. And he says, I'm going to become like them. And I will not use the power of divinity to aid me. I'm going to, I'm going to divest myself of all of that. And I'm going to live as a human being. And I'm not going to sin at all. And that's who God is. And so that is impressive to me because it shows you the fairness of God that when he made Adam, it shows you the fairness of God. He didn't give Adam anything to do that he had not equipped Adam to do. And so he came and he proved his righteousness. I love him. I love him, and I want you to love him. I know you love him, but I keep, going, going, I keep growing in degrees of loving God. And when I say to young people, I always say, you know, stay with the Lord. Don't make mistakes. Don't make a mistake that I did when I was 19 years old and decided that, ah, you don't want to do what I, I want you to do. I've been asking you to do this, so I'm just going to go. It was the dumbest thing I've ever done. Well, I'm just going to go. And I'm just, it's, so, it's sort of like saying, you don't want to do what I want to do. I'm going to go to hell and hurt you. No. That's crazy. But I always like to mention that. This God is so amazing. I want you to get to know him in a deeper depth, all right? In Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, I may have thrown my sound booth a, a curve, but I want to start out with Matthew 1, 1, and then we will go to Luke 2. Luke, uh, Matthew 1, 1 says, The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. I, I was praying uh, earlier this week, and I said, Lord, I want you to show me something in the Scriptures that I've not seen. And I like to pray like that. And I, show me something that I've not seen. And uh, I, was, I decided I would listen to um, the Bible on tape. I don't think you call it on tape anymore. What do you call it? Audio. audio. I, I called it audio. I, I did the audio thing. And... Uh, you can tell I'm from a past gone, a bygone generation. So I was listening to it, and I thought, oh, let me, I guess, rewind it. I don't know if that's the right terminology, but let me go back. That'll work. And I did, and it says, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And I thought, wow, I've read that maybe a thousand times or more. But this time, it leapt off the pages at me. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And I'm asking myself, why would Matthew start off his gospel that way? I, I began to ask questions. Why would he start his gospel off? He is giving a genealogy. And why should he just, as it were, jump in the line and start off by saying, this is the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, because he wants, this is what I call an authenticating introduction. An authenticating introduction. He wants the reader to know that Jesus Christ is the promised Messiah. He's not just giving a genealogical record. 
He wants you to know that Jesus Christ is somebody. He wants you to know that he is the fulfillment of all the promises God made to David, and he is the fulfillment of the promises God made to Abraham. He has the right to rule because he's David's son, and he has the right to do even more than that because he's the seed of Abraham, and he can give us all the blessings of Abraham. Wow. That's huge for me, and I want it to be huge for you. I don't want it to just be uh, as just some information that I give to you. I think information is a wonderful thing, and I don't like to say just information because people think that information is just some gobbledygook. But information is, should take form in you, and you should become what this good information brings. It's information, forming something. And so, so I want us to be informed today. And uh, this Christianity that we have received is not just some ritualistic thing that we do and something we do to, like, placate us to, to just or pacify us, to make us just kind of a little docile, like a, a, a crying baby, a crying baby with warm milk, and it just gets the baby through for a little while. No, it's bigger than that. It's deeper than that. So let's look at, at Luke 2. Um, verses 1 to wherever I get. Verse 1 says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. He wanted to, to like, basically take a census and register everybody so everybody, they would know uh, who was, was there, who, who was, and what they had, and all that kind of stuff, kind of like our governments do. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. And, and now notice the authentication of Matthew. So he says here, Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David because he was of the lineage of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. She was betrothed. He was engaged. She was with child. Now, now what he is signifying here is that what he, the, he doesn't tell you at this juncture, but will later, but that she was with child by the Holy Spirit. That is, God overshadowed her. Uh, it, it wasn't a sexual thing. God overshadowed her, the power of the Holy Spirit, and in the logos of God, the Word of God, was, was placed, as it were, in her womb and brought forth a human being. The, the logos of God who says, let there be in the beginning, you know, was in her womb, and that's how Jesus was formed by the same word that says, let there be, and planets and stars came into existence. Same, brought forth a man. It's huge. This is a huge story. It's not a made-up story. And secularists who would say, well, it's just made up, they're just, some people are so smart, they're dumb. It's just true. I believe in education. Everybody knows me, knows I really believe in education. Wish I had gotten more. But, but, but sometimes you can be, you, you, there's some stupidity that you have to be real smart to go to those levels. And they, and, and they messed this thing up. Now, he, let, me get a, let me get on. 
So he went to be registered with Mary's betrothed wife who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Do you think that was happenstance? That was not happenstance. God knew. I love God. Don't you love God? Don't you love the Father? He's your dad. You ought to love your dad. And, and he knew. He, he doesn't manipulate situations and circumstances. He just, if you walk in obedience, you know, sometimes you're walking through the waters. You're, uh, you're, you're, God, you want me to drown? You know, that's how human beings are. You don't have to tell me that's not you. That is you. It's all of us. We, we walk through difficulties, and we want God to deliver us from the difficulties. I don't want this. Come on. God is working something out. Do you know that when, the, when, when Gabriel came to, to Mary and told her what was going to happen, and she said, be it unto me according to your word, do you know all of that was planned? And God knew that, uh, that, uh, that Caesar Augustus was going to have, send a, a registration order out or a census order out. And it happened so, it happened so, not just happenstance, but it happened so they went from Nazareth to where David was born. God is working things out in your life. I, I, what's that song we sing about him? God working, working. If you can find that stanza, let me know. But he's working things out. And so it, 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 it happened so. Why? Because God ordained it that, that Jesus would be born in the city of his forefather who had the right to the throne. It was David and his descendants who had the right to rule. Now, notice what he says here. And the days were completed for her to be delivered. And, and the thing about God is so amazing. I want all of us to understand this. They, they didn't have a lot of wealth. They were poor people. And God didn't give them a lot of wealth so they could live, uh, stay in the, uh, in, what's a good hotel? The, oh, the, 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 the rich Carlton. Yeah. He didn't, they didn't stay there. They didn't stay in the Marriott. <laughs> this is amazing stuff. So sometimes we wonder, why not? Well, why not you? Now listen. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, pieces of cloth, and laid him in a manger. Now Jesus wasn't born in a manger. He was born in a stable. But the manger is a feeding trough. So, so the feeding trough was his bassinet. You think that God could have done something better than, than a feeding trough? He didn't want to. He, Jesus was brought forth, this very son of God was brought forth in the most lowly, the lowliest place. So he could reach to, as it were, and identify with the lowest of humanity and to the highest. This is amazing of God. So when God gives you experiences and you are in low places, you ought to exult in God. Be rejoice in Jesus. Be excited. And she laid him in a manger. And they found themselves in that barn because there was no room for them in the inn. In the inn. One of our brothers, Steve Eisenhower, said to me many years ago, he said to me, you know, isn't it amazing of God? He said that Jesus was born in a stable. He said, where else would a lamb be born? And I love that. 
And there's some things I can take as my own, but I just could be convicted if I did that. Can you imagine just at the wisdom of God? And this is your father. You have his DNA, and he is working things out for you. He wants you to know this Christmas morning, he is working things out for you. you sh- your job is to cooperate. Your job is to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. You don't have to know why everything. See, I wasn't allowed. That's why I grew up differently than so people in our home. I wasn't allowed to ask dad why. It was not a word. Uh-uh. Now, some people say, but not one of my children know why. No, 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 no. Daddy wants you to know you do it because daddy said it. And when you learn to obey, we'll talk about why. Because your obedience will not be predicated on why. It will be predicated on what daddy said. Somebody ought to say something. And so I learned why later on after I learned to obey. And you and I need to learn to obey first. What are, we were born in, what are we were born in? I, can, I just, can I just digress for a moment? moment? You know, when you look at me, I don't know what you think about me. You know, you may think, wow, most handsome guy I ever saw. Or <laughs> if your name is M-A-R-V-A, you know. But if, if not, you may think, uh, wonder why God chose that weird person. You know, you may think something like that. It doesn't bother me, whatever you would think. It really seriously does not bother me, whatever you would think, because I'm so grateful that God had me be born naturally in the family that I was born, in the country that I was born, in the race that I was born, in the state that I was born. I mean, I am in the town where I was born. I am so grateful because I've learned so much in my experiences. Yeah, because God has taught me experientially, obedience is better than sacrifice. That is, it doesn't. It, when he says obedience is better than sacrifice, it means that you obey God rather than going through some re- religious exercise. Well, let me hurry. Let me hurry with this Christmas story. Right? Verse eight: They announced the angels announced Jesus to the shepherds. Can you imagine that he did not go to the ritzy people? And if you're a ritzy here, uh, we're not against you. No, no, just, just be faithful to give, you know. <laughs> I mean, you, you've got something to do. Yeah, you can give, give uh, of your natural means and, and offer praise to Jesus. Yeah, you've got something to do. But he did not go to those who were in power and wealth. He went to shepherds. He went to people who picked up sheep with their hands and, and pulled Birds out of their their uh, their fur. Was you what? Wool. Okay, said wool. All right. Maybe my wife is right. I need hearing aids. Okay, out of the wool, pulling it out of the wool, and and or or pulling ticks off of them. He, those are the people. Those are the people who couldn't probably bathe every day. He went to them. Wow. Now let's read the story. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Anybody here that believed you would not have been afraid? Uh, I mean, I know they had to find me under the rock. <laughs> they said, come out, come out. Yeah, they would have been, wouldn't have been talking about demons. They'd been talking about DGL. They were greatly afraid. 
Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. And notice in Scripture, when the, Bible, when the angels always say, do not be afraid, they speak in to that person, and they are, not, are suddenly not afraid anymore. And that's what the Word of God does. When every time in Scripture, the angels or, or whomever the heavenly messenger is, says, do not be afraid, the people are instantaneously strong and bold. And so, then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. And what he means is all people groups. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He is the promised Messiah. And this will be the sign to you. I like it when, when uh, God kind of confirms something to me that it's not just me imagining things. He says, and this will be a, a sign, and this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and singing, no, and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And, 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 and I think the ESV may say that, and um, let me go back. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace toward men of goodwill. I think that's how, how, how it maybe should, could be rendered. It could be rendered in that not peace to everybody, you know, here and everybody, but people of goodwill, there's peace for you. Yeah. All right? There's peace for you. Now, now, if you find that, let me know if that's pretty much right the way I read it. Did, did you read it? Ayúdame, Señor. Pastor. Okay. This says it's somewhat like that. It says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. That gives you an idea of it. So he's not saying like maybe some universalist would, 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 would uh, interpret that, which they are wrong, uh, in, interpreting, well, everybody, the devil and everybody. No, he's not saying that. He's saying those of you who will turn from whatever you were toward God. So the shepherds visit Jesus, and the shepherds are witnesses. Now notice here, the shepherds are witnesses. You are a witness of the glory of God. You are a witness of who Jesus is. You are a witness of what God can do. You are a witness. The shepherds are witness. And look, verse 15, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into the heaven, into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. This thing that prophetically has come to pass, and the Lord has made it known to us. And I want to say uh, for us in this audience today that the Lord is bringing his word to pass he is bringing his word to pass, things he has said, things he has purposed, and you are participants. You are participants. Amen. I wish I had some time to talk to you about participation. And they came with haste. They didn't play around. They came with haste. They came with haste. Wow. And found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. 
Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. So it began to be, a, 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 it was, began to be talked about about what these shepherds saw and how it was authenticated. They began to tell the story. Are you mum, a mute, or do you tell the story? Do you tell the story about who Jesus is and what God has done for you, or are you embarrassed to tell the story? Can I tell you, can I, I tell you stuff all the time. I have lived a, a life of being embarrassed. As a young man, I was kind of embarrassed. I didn't want anybody to pick on me for being a Christian. And I was somewhat embarrassed. How many of you young boys tell the girl that you, you, you have an eye on, hey, I want you to know I'm a Christian? I, I heard no young boy say amen. Watch yourself. All right. Now, listen, they, they talked about it until it was news all around the neighborhood. Now, notice here. But Mary kept all these things and punted them in her, in her heart. That's what mom did. She kept all these things and punted them in her heart. She knew that Jesus was special. She knew that he was the Messiah. But they didn't have a full concept of everything that the Messiah would be and do. See, God doesn't tell you everything when he calls you to do something. He doesn't tell you everything about it so you will be all right. No, you have to learn to obey. Can you imagine, you know, you want your son to do something, you've got to explain it all to him, and he says, okay, I'll do it then. <laughs> what? What? No, you obey me because I'm your dad. And this is something I learned as a child. Uh, parents said to me more times than I can count, I know what's good for you. And if you don't know what's good for a child, you don't need that child. You need, but how do you know what's good for a child? You give yourself to God. Amen. You don't say, but let's let the children decide. What? <laughs> let them decide. What do you want, baby? <laughs> I need to get back on Christmas, don't I? <laughs> Listen, let's get this thing right. This is a wonderful day. Mary kept all these things and punted them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned. What were they doing? Glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. God is bringing these things to pass. Twenty-something years ago, I would preach messages. They were prophetic messages, and I would be preaching these messages. I wasn't prophesying like, oh, I say unto you, I say unto you. But I was speaking as the Holy Spirit would give me, and nobody had issues with them 20, 20 25 years ago. Nobody had issues with the things I was saying until there came a point in time when they became reality, and some of the same people who were amening me had issues with, with the prophecy being fulfilled. Wow. So I'm saying this, let us be obedient to the Lord all, always, and when the thing comes to pass, let's do like the shepherds, let's glorify and praise God for it. All right? Let's glorify, because that means those of us who have been forewarned have been forearmed. All right? Oh, somebody. And when the days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, Savior. 
the name given by the angels before he was conceived in the womb. I said this on maybe last Christmas or Christmas before, and I wasn't out trying to be political. I was just being a preacher. You know, I preach by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I prepare, and then I preach by inspiration. If the Holy Spirit takes me on a little tributary, I'll go down there. I don't want to know, well, what am I going to find out there? There may be danger. I've gone down there before I even thought about it. I'm walking in the, in the woods, as it were, with the Holy Spirit and a little trail. I find myself in a little trail. I go, this is a narrow trail. And I'm trying to walk down the trail. I'm not going there picking on somebody. I was just following the Holy Spirit. And I was preaching that morning, and I said, and I said uh, the Bible says before he was conceived in the womb, he, the name he was given was Jesus. He was, he was, his name was not fetus. It was Jesus. I didn't know. I didn't plan to say it. I'm talking about preaching. I hadn't planned to say that. Don't you know I knew somebody would be angry with me if I said that? And so it just popped out of my mouth because of who's inside. And I said his name was Jesus. It wasn't fetus. And somebody, a couple of people jumped up, defiant, and strutted out. I said, oops. What am I saying? I'm not trying to get on an abortion and an anti-abortion kick. I'm just preaching. If it, if, if, it, if it hits one side, let it hit them. If it hits the other side, let it hit them. I'm not trying to be fair and equal. I'm just preaching. Just preaching by the Holy Spirit. So we ought to be like these shepherds. We ought to be like the scriptures. His name was Jesus in the womb. He was before he was conceived in the womb, he had a name. Now it says here in verse 22, now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. They brought him to church to present him to the Lord. Don't have a baby, ask God for a baby, and then be baby bound and keep him at home. Bring them to the Lord. Don't let them decide if they want to be a, be a Christian or not. Somebody called me one day and said, said uh, my, ch my children don't want to go to church. And I, I don't think I should make them. I said, you, do they go to public school? You said, they said, yes. I said, do you make them? Yes. I said, wow. <laughs> you are more concerned about their temporary uh, 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 condition than you are about the eternal condition. So if they don't want to make it, you know, if they don't want to come to church, bring them to church anyway. Talk about, I want to sleep in. Do you sleep in on math and on geography and on English composition? Do you sleep in on those? No. Get yourself out of that bed. Wash your face and hand. <laughs> yeah. Come on, you know, you know, you're going to let them decide on eternity and you're going to make them do something temporal? What kind of parent are you? I mean, I know this is Christmas, but let me just preach. I feel like my friend James Rutledge, and I believe I'm going to see him in heaven one day, and I, and I was getting on him about fighting a boy named Duck, and he, had, uh, he was five, about four or five years older than me, and he, he was fighting Duck, and they, they told me, they said he was biting Duck and scratching Duck and, and doing everything. I said, Rudge, Rudge. I was a little old boy, you know. I said, Rudge, they told me that you were fighting Duck and that you were, and you were biting him and scratching him, Rudge. That wasn't, uh, that wasn't fair, Rudge. 
He said, I was fighting, TJ. I was fighting. And I never, I never forget it. I was fighting. <laughs> and so I want you to know if somebody says something about your pastor, they say, he was preaching. <laughs> he was preaching. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah, somebody. Oh, Brother James, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming home, Brother James. I'm coming home. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> mm. Wow. So, so it says, now when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. They did what the Bible said, as it were. Every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And so they ordered, they, they, they bought two young pigeons. They didn't, uh, they didn't have um, uh, money to buy a sheep. Now, this is what I'm saying to you. Look at their condition. Look at their, their financial condition. It didn't limit God. <laughs> That's all. Wow. Don't you love it? And they did what, as it were, the Bible said. So when you go home, you got to do what the Bible said. And, and if you're married sometimes, you know, whether you're, 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 you're a wife or whether you're a husband, sometimes when you're married and you're doing what the Bible says, somebody doesn't like it because they're not there yet. They don't like it, but you don't say, well, God, I'm so sorry. You're going to fix it. I got to disobey you until, no. It's like when, when my son, our son, was a little boy, he used to drive me crazy asking, if we, are we there yet? <laughs> are we there yet? Are we there yet? Come on. doesn't matter whether they're there yet. You've got to obey God. Amen. Amen. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Let me read this, and then we're going to be done, all right? We're going to be done. Verse 25 says, and behold, see Simeon now is a witness. Simeon is a witness. We have the shepherds as a witness, and then Simeon is now a witness to God's faithfulness. He says, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, or waiting for the Messiah, and the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by what? The Holy Spirit, that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ or Messiah. So he came by the Spirit. Now, listen to what he did. He came by the Spirit, not by some whim, but by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, listen, can you imagine this old man, old man, came in the temple, grabbed a hold of your baby. You, you moms know what you would do. But you've got to be filled with the Spirit too. Listen, <laughs> mom said, yeah, I do. Verse 29, he says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, which means all the people groups, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. Now, this man, there are a lot of Jews, Pharisees, who are sitting in controlling positions. They don't have this truth. They don't have this truth. And this, this old man that nobody thinks a whole lot of has the truth of God. Wow. He says, he's, he, brought, he says, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. That's probably 99.999% of all of us here. And the glory of your people Israel. 
Jesus came to save us. You may be here today and you're not saved, but you're just coming to pacify somebody. That's the wrong reason. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary's mother, he blessed them. He spoke well over them, good over them. He says, behold, can, now listen, you're a mom. Mom, I want you to listen. Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel. And for a sign which will be spoken against, God sent his son, says, you're going you're gonna to be for the fall and the rising of many. And you are a sign which will be spoken against. We think today that God is not for us if we're spoken against. Yes, and he said to Mary, a sword will pierce through your own soul. that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. So he says, Mary, you're going to be deeply wounded, deeply hurt, deeply hurt by the way they treat your son. And ultimately, they're going to nail him to a tree. And she's there watching them. They're nailing her, her baby who had done no wrong. To be mistreated in this world does not mean that you've, been, you've done wrong. And we have to get on the right side of this issue. And Christmas is a wonderful time to do it. Lastly, this woman named Anna. She was a witness also. And there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of, great, of a great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years and did not depart from the temple but served God with fastings and prayers night and day and coming in that instant how is it that, that Simeon's going to come in at that instant Anna's going to come in at that instant but there are people who are dedicated to doing whatever Jesus wants whatever God wants and when you are that person dedicated to doing whatever God wants nobody has to agree with you but you are dedicated God's going to give you instances like this And coming in, in that instance, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him. She and Simeon had not conspired, but they had the same Holy Spirit. And she spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And so Jesus now returns to Nazareth. So when they had performed all the things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon her. And here we find in this story, Christ being born, it was confirmed, as Paul would tell us as he quotes from the Old Testament, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. And this is what God does for us today. Thank you so much for your time.